0: Thank you, Barb. I do need to tell you that that song getting stuck in the head goes both ways for parents and children. It wasn't that long ago or a while ago, my family was gathered around the the kitchen table and we were reminiscing about all the songs our kids listened to when they were young. So we pulled out our iPad and just started playing song after song. And pretty soon, Barney is just stuck in my head forever and ever. Those songs that you played again and again for your kids, you just put on repeats. They, they are forever stuck in your head, right? They're, they're called earworms now, right? Songs that, that work their way into your brain. They just won't go away. They get stuck. Well, this morning, the psalmist that we're, we're going to read wants, wants to get an earworm stuck into our heads for the summer. Psalm 19. You want to take out your Bibles, turn to Psalm 19. It, it, it's just. Tells us about a song that we should be hearing over and over and over again until we just can't miss it. And it keeps playing in our heads. And that's somewhat what we're working on this summer as we just started this psalm series. I don't know how many of you took up the challenge, but we're challenging you to to memorize just one verse a week. One verse a week. uh, In order to get God's word stuck in your head. And so I told you last week I'm not a good memorizer. And so I need, to, I need to hold myself accountable here. Last week's verse, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. Oh, shoot. And this is the big one. To him belongs eternal praise. There, got it. It's Okay, it's not easy. All I did was I folded up the bulletin this week that has that verse, carried it in my pocket everywhere I went. Pulled it out and read it every once in a while. So if you miss this week, that's fine. If you're up for the challenge, keep this little bulletin in your pocket through the week and you can do it. Just get God's word stuck in your head. Okay? Psalm 19. This psalm is one of the foundational passages really for the Belgic Confession, which is one of the confessions we use to help us learn more about what we believe and who God is. And when it comes to, to knowing more about God and learning more about his grace and his person and who he is, the, the confession turns to Psalm 19. And the confession tells us that, that there's really two books, two books that God uses To sing his song to us. But I'm going to trade the Belgic Confession. The Confession written hundreds of years ago talks about two books. How about this morning I talk about two songs. Two songs that God sings to us about himself. And the first song comes in verses 1 through 6 of Psalm 19. Listen to this. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. In the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens, makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. Okay, so the psalmist tells us that there is a God song constantly being sung all around us if we have the ears to hear it. This creation all around us is a God song singing nonstop, day in, day out, 24-7 about God. Right, so, Psalm 19 tunes our ears to creation's song. The Belgic Confession words it like this It says that we know God by the creation and preservation and government of this universe. Since that universe, listen to this, is before our eyes like a beautiful book in which all creatures, great and small, are letters to make us ponder the invisible things of God, His eternal power, His divinity. As the Apostle Paul says in Romans 1 verse 20, all these things are enough to convict men and to leave them without excuse. So all creatures, think about that, all creatures great and small are letters in this book written to proclaim God. All creatures great and small are notes in this glorious song that's being played nonstop to glorify God and proclaim him. We need to hear that song. This glorious creation all around us is ours to savor, to enjoy, to get our fill of. And I may be a little biased having grown up here in Michigan. But I think Michigan, especially in the spring and the summer, is a spectacular place to hear God's song. With the lake, with the rivers, with the sunsets and the thunderstorms that we get to enjoy. It's a wonderful place to taste God's creation. I mean, think about the daily events where God's song is being sung. Our ears get to hear the roaring of, of the thunderstorms. Our ears get to hear the roaring of the water on Lake Michigan in the storm. The rustling of the leaves, the, the singing of the birds, singing God's song. Our eyes get to see that expanse of water or the trees in the fall being weighed down with fruit or the brilliance of the, of the fall leaves the details of the snowflakes in winter. Our noses get to smell the aroma of the roses or the scent of that first rainfall. Our mouths get to enjoy the the flood of watermelon or the sour sting of those little blueberries that just aren't quite ripe enough yet or the corn popping off the cob. And the list could obviously go on and on Of this glorious and beautiful creation that we get to enjoy. And yet so often as we enjoy it, we are oblivious to the fact that all of these glorious experiences of creation are pointing us towards the creator. Too often we're thrilled with the creation, but we ignore God, the creator. We miss the message of God's song. Right, John Calvin Points out how ridiculous that is of us. He wrote this He said, Nothing is more preposterous than to enjoy the very, very remarkable gifts that attest to the divine nature within us, and yet to overlook the author who gives them to us at our asking. Preposterous. And yet, isn't that what we so often do? We ignore the message that God is giving us through this creation. We need to realize that this creation all around us is singing. Right? The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. And then the creation goes on to, to teach us some very specific things about God as well. It tells us about the faithfulness of God. Right, Psalm 89 verse 5 says, The heavens praise your wonders, O Lord. Your faithfulness, too, in the assembly of the Holy Ones. It tells us about God's righteousness in Psalm 50, verse 6. The heavens proclaim his righteousness, for God himself is judge. It tells us about the personal touch and the love of God for each one of us. Psalm 139, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Our very bodies themselves. The birth of these two little children who we baptized this morning. They are singing the existence of God. We are instruments. You and I are instruments making music, joining in this song to God our creator. And did you notice in Psalm 19 the extent of this song? the extent of how far this message of God goes out into the world, it said there is no speech and no language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the end of the world. In other words, this message that creation is singing, The song about God, reaches beyond any language barrier that we have. It goes beyond any distance. It goes beyond any excuse that you or I or anybody might have for denying the existence of God. There's no excuse for not knowing that there's a God. Paul makes that clear, Romans 1 verse 20. He writes, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. Creation leaves no one with an excuse. The evidence is all around us. God exists. Again, John Calvin says this. He says, wherever you cast your eyes, there is no spot in the universe where you cannot discern at least some spark of his glory. God's presence is proclaimed throughout this world around us. And yet, at the same time, there is significant limitation to what creation can tell us. Creation sings of the existence of God It even shows us some of his characteristics. It leaves us without excuse when it comes to knowing that God exists. But creation cannot tell us about Jesus. It doesn't tell us about the sacrifice Jesus made, about the way of salvation, about forgiveness that has been opened up for us, about the cross and the empty tomb. It doesn't tell the Easter story. Jesus, the special revelation from God, Comes through God's second song. The word of God. Sung out of this book. Right, so the next section of Psalm 19, starting at verse 7, tunes our ears to hear another song. to, To hear scripture as God's song being sung to us. Listen to verses 7 through 13. He goes on to say this. To say the law of the Lord... So he'd been sing, writing about creation, right? The skies, the heavens, and now all of a sudden he shifts. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statues of the Lord are trustworthy, making the wise, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great Transgression. I'll stop there for just a moment. Right? He shifts from, from one song to another, from the song of creation to the song of scripture. And the Belgic Confession again echoes this section of the psalm. It says that God also makes himself known to us more openly by his divine and holy word, as much as we need in this life for his glory and for the salvation of his own. So there's a more specific song. It's a song that sings about Jesus. Now, wouldn't it be nice if creation could not only tell us about God, but could tell us about Jesus? Pe- people always seem to be searching for ways that creation is teaching us about, about Jesus. So they're looking for evidence of Jesus all over. Right? And so every year or two, if you if you read the news, a news story pops up that somebody found the face of Jesus, right? They found the face of Jesus in their grilled cheese sandwich. They found the face of Jesus in in a stingray that they caught off the coast of Florida. They found the face of Jesus in their Polish dumpling, right? They find Jesus everywhere. They see creations pointing towards Jesus. But the saving work of Jesus, proclaiming that, singing that song, isn't nature's job. That's scripture's job. That's the song scripture sings. It's a song we get to hear. And it's a spectacular song that we not only get to hear, but hopefully the song of Jesus gets so stuck in our heads, an earworm that won't go away, that we also begin to sing it. Because we're called to sing that song. Revealing Jesus Christ and his love and his grace and his salvation to this world is an honor and a privilege that has been granted to you and has been granted to me. What an incredible opportunity. What an incredible task. So at the end of Psalm 19, having heard the song of creation, having heard the song of scripture, the writer adds his voice to the song in verse 14. He says, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. May the words of my mouth May the thoughts that keep going through my head be pleasing to you. He, what he's doing here is he's joining the song. And we must join the song as well because we are God's singers. We sing as a response of praise. That's what we learned last week, right? Unbroken praise to God. When we are attuned to God working all around us, we can't help but celebrate and praise him. But we also sing God's song for the purpose of growing His kingdom. Remember, nobody's left without an excuse of knowing that there is a God. But they still need to hear about Jesus. They still need to hear about the cross, and they still need to hear about the empty tomb. They still need to hear about grace, they still need to hear about forgiveness. They still need to hear about the joy that can be theirs through through God. That's your song to sing to this world. That's my song to sing to this world. And if we decide, if you and I decide not to sing that song, then we're choosing to leave people standing before God without excuse. We get the joy of hearing God's glorious song sung to us, and then we get the joy of joining the song, of singing that salvation message to the world around us. You know, Michael Card is one of my favorite singers, songwriters, theologians. He's made a number of trips to China. Um... And his goal is to bring the truth of Jesus Christ to that nation. He returned from one of his trips to China with this story. He wrote this. He said, again and again in China, I talked to people who had never heard of Christianity. Never heard of Jesus. Never heard a single word from the Bible. Yet through nature and their God-given conscience, many believed in God. Not only did they believe that God existed... But they had derived some understanding about his loving character because he provided food and water and a beautiful world. One old woman told me, I've known him for years. I just didn't know his name. Known him for years. Just didn't know his name. You know what you and I get the privilege of doing? We get the privilege of sharing his name. Here's his name. Let me introduce you to Jesus. Right? All creation is a billboard for God's existence. And yet so many are blind to that message. The song is time. And yet so many don't hear it. I believe John Calvin was writing about our culture 450 years ago. One more quote from him. He wrote this. He said, although the Lord represents himself represents both himself and his everlasting kingdom in the mirror of his works with very great clarity. Such is our stupidity that we grow increasingly dull towards so manifest testimonies and they flow away without profiting us. Such is our stupidity. Too often we're deaf to God's song, to the music of creation, the music of scripture. Or maybe we've heard it for so long that we don't even notice it anymore. We've stopped being amazed at God's glory. we stopped being amazed at his majesty and beauty. We've stopped being amazed at the power of his love and salvation and his sacrifice in Jesus. We've gone deaf to his song. And we've gone silent when it comes to singing it. So let's turn up the volume together. Hear God's music being played all around you. See his glorious creation and hear its message telling you all about God, his love and his grace and his faithfulness and his power in a world that we are privileged to enjoy. And open this book written specifically for you and for me. To the people that he loves And hear his love song His love song Written to you Written in the story of Jesus And then join the song Sing God's song With a heart of, of deep praise And true kingdom purposes It's a great summer invitation The summer in the beauty of your backyard Or maybe out of Michigan Beach Or wherever else you might be. Let your eyes and your ears be open to God all around you. Don't ignore this book either. And don't let your life be silent about God. Hear God's song and sing God's song. Let his song get stuck in your head. so That you can't help but hear it. And you can't help but sing it. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Their voice goes out into all the earth and their words to the end of the world. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for singing to us, for singing of your power, for singing of your majesty. For singing of how much you care about every detail, for singing about your beauty. Thank you for your word that sings about Jesus and your great love for us. Please forgive us. Forgive us for the times when we've gone deaf, when we've accepted your great gift of creation. When we've accepted your great gift of salvation and we've taken it for granted, we've missed you. Father, put your salvation song deep into our minds, deep into our consciousness. Stick it in our heads so that we can't forget that song. And help us to sing it to every person that you put into our paths To share the name of Jesus to all who are without excuse. Thank you, Father, for singing your love song to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Worship team, would you come on up forward? We're going to sing a final song together. We're going to sing how great thou art along with how great is our God. You can't, the songs we sang, I don't know if you noticed, if you thought back to the songs we started the service with, all pointing us to how creation is singing God's song. And now we recognize that.